Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Now, as parents, it can be a struggle trying to ensure our children eat as healthily as possible. And if you have a few picky eaters in your house, it's even more of a challenge. We all want to give them the best possible diet for a healthy lifestyle. But I think some of the first ever National Healthy Eating Guidelines for one to four year olds that were published by the Department of Health recently are putting parents into a bit of a panic, judging by my text and WhatsApp. As the recommended treats for young children should be no more than a square of chocolate a week. Three crisps, that's crisps, not packets, and uh, half a plain biscuit. The new guidelines aim to help parents and carers establish good eating habits in children. It's developed by nutrition experts in Ireland and the guidelines are based on Irish dietary evidence. Joining me now to discuss this is our parenting expert, Laura Erskine from Baby.Club. How are you doing, Laura? Hello, good morning. Now, it's great that this plan is out there to help parents, but I think some of the new guidelines have us panicked a bit. I mean, a square of chocolate a week, three crisps as treats, this is definitely not happening in my house. And I would say I'm not the only one here. No, you're definitely not the only one. And and that's what, that's the whole reason for coming up with this new children's food pyramid, because they've actually identified the children consume, the, uh, their energy levels are, are completely different for, than that of an adult. So therefore, they need to eat differently. Um, so an adult's food pyramid would have a lot of vegetables in the bottom. Um, and then as you can move up the pyramid where you would have less of those items, they would have things like carbohydrates and then moving up to the top, the treats. Whereas for a children's uh, food pyramid, and this is where one to four year olds, where they're actually, they, they consume a lot of energy. Um, and, and so they need to stay fueled um, and on a regular basis with three main meals and two snacks as part of their diet. They actually need quite a lot of carbohydrates. That's at the very bottom of the food pyramid. So it is it is looking at things differently. Um, the, the treat element of things, as you said, you know, it is quite a shock. And actually, do you know what? That's the biggest um the biggest revelation for mm. us all is that we are including treats as being part of our children's daily diet rather than them actually being a treat and and so we needed this big shock for us all take stock uh, as to what we're giving our children as part of, of what is their diet and, and what exactly is a treat and we need to redefine that so yes a tiny amount is one square of chocolate three crisps half a plain biscuit, three soft sweets. And I think everybody in Ireland has been shocked at this. Every parent, every grandparent. Um, and we don't know how we're going to stick to it. My worry is, is that because it's so stark, the difference between what the, what the recommendation is and what we're doing in practice, is that people will dismiss it entirely mm. and just continue the way that they've been. Um, so we need to, I suppose, set this within a realistic expectations. And we also probably need to set new boundaries both with ourselves and with our children about what a treat is and and then try and find actually food alternatives to treats so Yes, no because because you're, you're saying there and I absolutely agree with you, you know and I was talking just before you came on about the fact that in our house when I was growing up 
very much it was a Sunday treat of an ice cream or a, a bar of chocolate. It wasn't trickling into everyday life. This is very much a reality today where there is a bar of chocolate or a packet of crisps. This is all trickling into everyday life. But surely be to God, a square of chocolate, if we're going to scale right back, a square of chocolate on a Sunday is very, very harsh. <laughs> you know, but it, it, you know, if they're getting other things, they don't need it. They don't need it as a treat. So as a one to four year old, actually, what would be so much nicer and much more enjoyable is to sit for 15 minutes with mum reading a story or um, playing jump rope or going to the park. Or does it have to be food? Mm. Um, and, and so that's where we need to actually redefine what is a treat and actually in investment of time rather than something that's more convenient, which is, you know, a food item, um, maybe might uh, require a little bit more thought on our part, but but actually our child will benefit way more. And if they don't know what a treat is, then they won't go looking for it. So I think we're conditioning our children to how, you know, the eating habits um, that they're going to develop as, as teenagers and then on into adults. Um, I know my own children, uh, I started, I started out very well where raisins were treats. Mm. And that's what they honestly thought were a treat until they hit school and they realised that raisins weren't a treat. Mama's been <laughs> fooling us all along. <laughs> and suddenly they demanded chocolate buttons. <laughs> um, and I had gotten away with it for the toilet training at age three where, you know, they got yes. a, uh, they got a raisin for every wee uh, and they got two for, for every poo. Um, but uh, my sister introduced chocolate buttons for the same routine and, and uh, word got round and suddenly raisins were no longer good enough. <laughs> so it is about redefining that and, and if we don't show our children what they're what they're missing, it's like, mm. you know, not going out to the shops. If you don't show them, um, then they won't know what they're not missing. Okay, uh, so say that for me, okay, I have a four-year-old who is, look, at, he's following his mother, I think really he's got a, an absolute sweet uh, tooth. It's, it's uh, gone out of control, let's be honest. How do I undo this damage now? Because there's no way your man is going to be satisfied one square of chocolate at the end of the week. Well, do you know something? At age four, you can reason um, with a four-year-old. So actually, I would offer him the alternatives and, and say, would you like uh, to go to the park um, and have a run around or an extra half an hour doing that? or go and visit somebody, or have a play date, or buy a comic book in the shops, something like that. Or would you like the square of chocolate? And put it back on him. And, mm. and then what becomes, what it's like, it's like reducing screen time. It's like anything. It's going to hurt a little bit at the beginning. I think it's going to hurt us all. It. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But I, I absolutely see your point. I see your point with this. And, and, and I think the first few times he's got to pick the square of chocolate, Laura. But anyway, bringing it back here because you know I want to talk about this new food pyramid this has changed quite a bit you mentioned a bit of it there you know for us the vegetables are on the bottom rung for children it's the carbohydrates can you go through this with us a bit yeah absolutely so um, the the way it is now uh, for for children age one to four they want us to be having more cereals and breads, potatoes, pastas and rice. That's really important in terms of keeping the energy levels up. And they've divided the pyramid into two sections. So they've got a recommendation for children age one and two, and then a, a different, slightly different recommendation for age three and four, where they'll need more servings of the same items because obviously they're um, dispensing with more energy during the day. So for children age one to two, they need three to four servings of, of these cereals, breads, potatoes, pastas, rice. And for children age three to four, that's four to six servings a day. So 
I, I'm just thinking here now, you know, serving is supposed to be the size of your thumb in terms of what you would give to a child. So okay. if you think about that, that's your, you know, that's the pasta that you put on the plate or part of their sandwiches at lunch. So, I mean, that's quite easily achievable. And um, when we look at the vegetable, salad and fruit, um, it's two to three servings a day. And uh, and age three to four, it's four to five servings a day. And then the other thing to look at here is um, the dairy element. And children mm. need a lot of dairy because actually they're growing so much. They need more dairy than, than an adult would because, you know, we're strengthening their bones in terms of calcium. So they need uh, three servings, um, children aged one to four, of milk, yogurt or cheese. Uh, And And again, that's achievable. I think all that you're saying there is quite achievable. The other thing, though, that we definitely have to discuss, and I'm very guilty of this as well, is portion size. As you mentioned there, the size of the thumb. You know, is it an Irish mammy thing, uh, Laura, to to load the plate with food? We're terrified the kids are going to go hungry. So loading the plate is not the way and it's going to maybe turn children off, isn't it? That's right. You know, um, it, it, it does. And a ch- child will have a much better, much more likely to try new foods if you put them down in smaller amounts. And also those plates where the, you actually divide them up allows you um, to, to divide the amount of food you should be giving your child. So, you know, if it's a thumb size of, um, of meat and then um, slightly more for the, the carbohydrate and then their peas or, or whatever their vegetables are, you know, that's much easier. Uh, and loading up a plate is never a good idea. I mean, the size of, of, of the child's stomach is the size of their fist. Okay. So, you know, and then you're going to be giving them three meals a day and then two snacks. So even though their stomach size is small, what you want to do is have them finishing each meal and then be hungry for the next rather mm. than overfilling. Um, and then in, in terms of trying to get some of those food items, and you can do that with their snacks. I mean, you can have a yogurt as their dairy as a snack or cheese. Um, chickpeas that are roasted could be determined as, as a treat. Um, I think we need to offer fruit more as treat. And a variety of fruit rather than sticking with the safe options like bananas and apples. So, um, you know, getting your child involved in all of this, educating them as to the kind of foods that they can have from the fridge when they go shopping, pointing out the different fruits and vegetables, trying it with them if you haven't tried it yourself. Um, and actually children do learn from their adults so watching you as an adult eat a wide variety of foods is very important and they don't have to like everything Mm. but you know their palate will change as they grow older so it's important to keep offering them things that that maybe they didn't like you know six months previously I know my daughter Poppy um, had gone off bananas for about three months and I was devastated because they were the easiest snack in the world so so handy yeah (laughs) but um, I kept reintroducing them every two to three weeks uh, and now she's back um, loving them again although she's gone completely off raspberries. (laughs) It's hard to keep up with them it really is but you know the one thing that I really want uh, people to know and I know you'd be on the same wavelength with me Laura on this is we are doing our best even if we followed this advice as much as we possibly can we'd be doing so well it's important not to beat ourselves up over this. It is, absolutely. And I think you can you can gradually start making changes in your diet between offering a, a broader range of fruit and vegetables, but also, um, you know, limiting the treats and reframing what a treat is. Uh, and, I, I, you know, life is, is very hard, and particularly at the moment. I think we're all quite guilty that, you know, we're conscious that our children have experienced so much mm. during the, the pandemic. And maybe we're offering treats 
when they really don't need them or ask for them because we feel bad for them. So I think we need to take ownership a little bit ourselves as to how we're feeling about things and maybe not put that on our children. Um, and uh, and that there are lots of fun, healthy alternatives to treats like tr- making up your own trail mix with popcorn and seeds and nuts and raisins. Um, you know, dry cereal can become a treat. Uh, there's lots of, of ways of re- reframing what a treat is. Um, but ultimately, don't be too hard on yourself. And um, and I suppose it's a good lesson for us all in terms of the amount of yes. us as adults are consuming, especially as we, we no doubt probably gained some of the, what they say, the COVID-19. Oh yeah, <laughs> the COVID stone and all that. Don't talk to me about that. We've had that at the start of the show today. Now, there's one very important thing because we've had a lot of nannies and grandmas reach to me here on 086 Surely be to God, what happens in Nana's stays in Nana's, a lot of people are saying. Is the same rule apply, Laura, for grandparents out there? I'm afraid it does. Grandparents can be the, they're the, the guiltiest. They can probably they can probably um, give a little a little more. And you know, especially during these times when we see our grandparents probably less frequently, we could probably allow an extra treat uh, when they visit grandparents. But I do think that we all have to be conscious that the results of growing up in Ireland are saying that uh, you know one in four children are currently obese in Ireland. Mm. And that is set to increase to two in, in four children um, by 2050. Yeah, extremely concerning. You know, it is extremely concerning. And I, and I know this is why that they've brought out these, these, these guidelines. Laura, as always, thank you so, so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. Good afternoon. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.